Hello and welcome to episode 5 of the Student PhysioCast. My name's Isabella and today I'm going to be talking with some other physiotherapy students about our revision and exam tips specific to physiotherapy. So would you guys like to introduce yourselves? So hi, I'm Freya Barker. Um, I'm a first year and I'm from the University of Plymouth. Um, my Instagram is student physiofray. Hi, I'm Laura. Um, I'm a second year MSc student from the University of Southampton and my Instagram handle is Laura Physio Studies. Hi, I'm Emily and I'm a first year at the University of Brighton and my Instagram is Emily H Physio. Thank you. So as we know, but some of the listeners may not, um, during a physio degree you have many exams and assignments um, and they can differ year to year. Generally most of the universities kind of do a blended approach where they do loads of different styles of assessments, for example, essays, single best answer exams, uh, short answer question exams, group presentations, individual presentations, reports, critical discussions, posters, debates, um, placement and like OSCE, so practical exams. So there's a big variation in what you could be assessed on and I actually personally think I really like that about the physio course because it kind of caters to everyone's strengths and weaknesses. For example, I'm not, I personally don't think I'm very good at essays, so, but I'm better on the practical side, so it gives everyone kind of a, a chance to shine. So today we're going to be talking about revision strategies, how to stay organised and give specific tips from our experiences uh, for physio exams. So the first thing that I would like to talk about is note taking. I think that's where it kind of all starts um, in the lectures when you're learning the content. For me personally, my note taking in lectures has actually changed over the last three years. So I started off writing in a notepad in my lectures and I think that was influenced really from the fact that that's all, always what I did at school with like an exercise book. And then when I moved into second year, um, I started doing the notes on the paper and then also going home and typing it up on my laptop. And looking back now, I really don't know why I did that because actually I was doubling the work for myself. I think my handwriting is really messy and sometimes I can't even read what I've written. So I think I was just typing it up so it was easier for me to revise but actually I was doing a lot more work than I needed to and also it was wasting so much time. Um, and then I think by the end of the second year I kind of realised that and then just went, uh, was using my laptop. Um, and then this year in my final year I've gone back to writing on paper. <laughs> so my note taking is definitely... Um, changed a lot the last three years what about you guys what kind of methods do you find effective when note-taking have you got any um things you'd like to share um my note-taking has also changed quite a lot recently i was similar to you i've always wrote in, wrote on paper always just relied on my notebook um but i've recently got an ipad i know laura's got one as well and it's made my life so much easier so like in lectures or in practicals especially when the lecturer is talking I can just quickly note stuff down instead of having to like jumble through my bag to find things 
so that's what I'm currently doing now but I also do sort of like notes typing up notes just for online lectures but I do think if I was going into lectures if there wasn't COVID I reckon I would probably be a note taker on a pen and paper (laughs) yeah I think one of the challenges though particularly with um I guess any sort of note taking is the speed that you have to write stuff down I think with virtual learning and actual positive of that is that it's recorded and you can go back and rewind but in in lectures in person it's like you've got it's how quickly you can write or how quickly you can type yeah definitely so yeah I think I'm I'm fairly similar to Emily um I initially started off by handwriting everything in practicals and things in in notebooks and then um like you Isabella I'd then go home and type it up so it was all nice and neat and add in other information and things as, as needed um I actually found that was quite useful like redoing them a second time is it it was sort of consolidating what I'd learn um but right at the start of lockdown um our uni was giving out grants for online learning equipment and so um I decided because I've been following a few accounts for a while I decided to to bite the bullet and to get an iPad (laughs) and oh my goodness it was the best thing that I did (laughs) yeah Um, for for those of you that follow my Instagram you'll you'll know that I love my handwritten notes Um, yeah and I I definitely recommend anyone listening to go and look at your notes (laughs) oh thank you (laughs) my notes are literally beautiful (laughs) they are Oh, thank you. That's really kind. Um, but I mean, yes, they. I mean, they do look pretty. But actually, I think personally, I feel like I've learned a lot more information by doing it this way. So I, I download the PowerPoint prior to the lecture, and so I'm annotating the the PowerPoint in the lecture. Um, so, like you were saying earlier about the speed at which lectures go. Um, you're then not having to worry about trying to write everything down. But hopefully, you've already got some of the, the most sort of key information on the slides already. Um, and then after the lecture, I'll then write them up into my nice, neat notes that I'll then like make into a PDF. Um, but I, I think for me that 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 definitely seems to work best. Again, sort of going over it a second time when I'm writing them up neatly. Yeah, I think that's a really good point. And as well, I suppose a good thing about doing it on on an either a laptop or an ipad is that yeah you can just literally like work on the powerpoint that they've uploaded before you don't have to kind of start from scratch you can copy and paste any pictures you need like i think it is slightly easier but i guess yeah it's all down Mm, to personal preference i was going to say is there like any apps you guys recommend for making notes or anything like that um i also using my ipad um i'm the same i looked at other people's instagrams and i kind of caved um because it, i was um printing like powerpoints off at the library and the cost was just getting so much on the paper um but good notes is a really good one um you can make like mini files and you know obviously like you said annotate things i really recommend good notes oh great yeah i, yeah, I, I second that yeah. <laughs> i might have to buy an ipad <laughs> I'm so jealous though that you got go a, you got a grant from your uni. I wish mine did that. Yeah, I have to say that that was really helpful because I wouldn't have been able to afford it otherwise. Yeah. Um, but it, it really has it's made such a difference for me. So I'm and is very it for that. <laughs> is it an iPad Mini or like do you have to have the bigger one to be able to do all the cool editing and stuff? So 
Um, I've got a full size one, not one of the pros. It's like I think it's a ten point two. It's it's whatever's the cheapest on the Apple website. Okay. <laughs> um, with an Apple Pen as well, but mm. um, student discount reduced the cost quite significantly as well, which which was good. Oh, but yeah. I I, th- I think you can use a mini, but I think personally I find it quite tricky to write on it if it was the screen was that small. Yeah, that's so true. Definitely. So now moving on to talking about organisation. Now I think this is a, a skill that students either excel at or they kind of aren't the best at and that's something that they have to really try and learn whilst at university because it's definitely an important skill for the career that we're going into um, and that we'll need in the future when working. Um, I personally um, like I'm quite known to be organised by my friends like I'm I'm the planner for everything I just I don't know it's literally become my personality to be honest um, but I think for me being organised is like the way I deal with being stressed that's how making lists and things like that makes me feel like if I've got a lot going on it makes it almost seem a bit more manageable if I've got it written down and I can kind of see exactly what it is I need to do I was just gonna say I completely relate to that <laughs> um I've, I've got like lists of lists of lists of like all the different things <laughs> yeah and um but I think it really helps to if you lay out what you need to do when you see it yes it is a it can be a bit stressful if there's quite a lot on that list but I then try and make sub lists um use Microsoft <laughs> to do just um, lots of lists <laughs> which like syncs between devices and things but I've also got a planner that i write the really important stuff down into each each day yeah and even if lists yeah I'm I'm the same yeah even if lists are really long like it's almost even more satisfying when you tick things off of it (laughs) totally agree (laughs) um I'm the person who writes it down just so I can tick it off to be fair yeah (laughs) yeah same (laughs) no I agree there was some stuff I had to do today and you know when you like don't think of it initially when you're writing your to-do list but you end up having to do it and sometimes I'll even write it on my list even if after I've done it just so I can tick it off and it looks like I've achieved more. I always do that <laughs> oh yeah um yeah so you were saying about having like a planner Laura um how do you kind of manage that so I've got a study planner from Paper Chase, which my housemates bought me for my birthday which I love Aww. um so I, it, it's got sort of like a timetable on one side and then to-do list on the other side and then that's that kind of repeats for each week so um I use my phone timetable calendar to put my lectures and that sort of thing in so that's all in one place but everything else I'll I'll write down um into a physical planner um so that I've got all the other like key dates and and things that I need to remember um and then yeah my to-do lists I've got like different ones for like a shopping list and for uni work and for like life admin and stuff and yeah. I just try and pick three things a day to, to tick off yeah oh that's so good really does anyone else have like any other methods of how they like stay organized in the week um I feel like virtual learning is like it's quite self-managed so I think yeah definitely student- um, in terms of mine I use the um it's by the happy planner company I think a lot of people use it on I've seen it on Instagram and they do like physio specific planners um so i use that and it's got it's really good it's got like the sort of the, the key what's the word like 
the key abbreviations that you'd know in like a hospital it's got it's got things like SBAR and all the things you kind of need to know for placement etc so mm. I use that and then obviously it's basically a study planner so it's got your day-to-day sort of planning as well yeah. um I'm very similar to you in terms of known as a bit of an organization freak so every single Monday when our pre-work gets released um I literally write everything down on a piece of paper just for the satisfaction of, <laughs> of doing it physically each week but yeah I'm very similar to you but yeah oh I haven't I haven't heard of that company before I must have been living in under a rock but um that's I'm gonna have to look into that that's how, I like how it's physio specific I'm very jealous because those planners are absolutely beautiful. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're quite expensive, but they're worth it, definitely. Yeah. Oh, this discussion is going to get me buying loads of new things. <laughs> I'll send you the link. <laughs> Thank you. Um, I guess an alternative, I I haven't bought anything in particular, and I feel like I might have to after this um, chat, but I just have a like Word document on my laptop um, and I've like made it landscape and I've just made a time I've just made like a, my own timetable on that really um, and it's all colour coded so all of my modules have a different colour so any lectures or meetings or anything for that module will be in that colour um, and it's got the time that it is um, yes yeah, so everything uni has got a colour and then all like my personal stuff like social life and well there's not really a social life at the minute but all like yeah loads um (laughs) life admin and other things I'm doing if I've got a walk planned or something that would just be in plain black and then yeah I just tick it off as I go along um yeah and I literally couldn't do without it these days (laughs) I wish I had it on my phone so um yeah I guess there's lots of options there that we've spoke about um if any of the listeners are trying to get a bit more organized I agree sorry with the color um as well like I'm quite a visual person so just having that color as well just makes it look so much nicer and yeah just more appealing yeah and as well to being more appealing I think it's just easier to kind of navigate as well like I can literally look at I can look at the the timetable and then and then just see the color and then I kind of know what I've got that day without even reading it uh I suppose that um, the written ones as well, a good thing about the word as well as a written is that you can keep adding to it as things pop up in the week, um, which is quite nice. So moving on to revision tips now, um, I'm sure we've learned a lot of them along throughout our degree and also from previous studies and school and things like that. Um, does anyone have any like immediate revision tips they can think of like what what works for you guys when you come to revise I think for me it's um I think at school and things you're kind of used to writing loads of notes but I think for me it's active recall is where I really take things in so just constantly testing myself on things like Quizlet and just making flashcards I think is what I've found really useful yeah yeah I agree definitely flashcards have I found so useful throughout this year um, I found things like using apps and different things like that to help me a bit more because in school and like doing A level and things you're a little bit more constrained to what sort of access you've got but whereas say with anatomy it's quite broad so you can use like lots of different things so I use the complete anatomy app on my iPad and it's like literally like the best app you can zoom in on like every single muscle so I use that especially yeah that's like the best for my practical anatomy exam in January like that saved me um <laughs> 
<laughs> and then I just used like, sort of like as Freya said like Quizlet um, um, Teach Me Anatomy all those sort of things and then Active Recall just talk of talking it to myself so very similar yeah Teach Me Anatomy is a good one with that app do you have to pay for it or is it a free one you do have to pay for it but I think you get a certain amount of time free trial but if I was going to suggest any app to pay for to help with anatomy that would be the one that I would def- definitely definitely get okay cool same with me same with me like I I had like a few books and things but that app I was always my go-to so if ever I was unsure I'd always have a look and it because it's visual as well and it gives you lots of info it's really good yeah I think as well it sounds it sounds just so much more engaging than just flicking through a textbook and looking at pictures I think when it comes to revision it's really important to understand your learning style and I know quite a lot of unis talk about this, but you can do like quizzes online that tell you about your learning style and they, they don't take very long, but they're quite interesting to do. So I'd recommend any listeners struggling with revision to kind of do that quiz because it will really help you to, you can just type in Google like um, learning style quiz and it will come up Um it will really help you to kind of like find what works for you. Um, and I think it's really good to kind of try loads of different methods that people suggest uh, for sure. I know one thing that I've learned that works for me is so when I know I've got something coming up um, a while in advance, I'll like go back over my notes either on paper or the ones that I made online and I'll make a poster. And then from that poster, I like take little sections and like cover you know like the cover uncover method where you write it cover it up write it try and write it from memory um and then I do that until I can write it without like needing any prompts until I've like learned everything on that page basically (laughs) that's what I found works for me um but that's more like yeah kind of theory exams that that would be suitable for does anyone else have have any other revision strategies so I definitely agree with working out what sort of learner you are, because I know it's at school and even in my undergrad to an extent that I was sort of doing lots of reading, watching videos, um, but I just wasn't retaining any of the information. Um, and I very much learned by doing, which is partly what appeals, um, why, why physio appeals so much. Um, but I've definitely found that, particularly for physio, that um, like we were saying earlier, things like flashcards. So actually the act of making the flashcard as well as the then, you know, going over them um, is really, really helpful. Um, and that's why, like, for me, when I, you know, making my notes in lectures and then rewriting them up into a nice, pretty notes later, like, that's part of my revision. And then I'll make flashcards from that or, um, depending, I'll, I'll grab a housemate or a friend or, or whatever to, to practice on, um, either by sort of telling them what the pathophysiology of that condition was or by... I don't know, doing the special tests of the knee on them or something like that. I think for me, it's I definitely learn by, by doing. Yeah, I think that's a really good point that you brought up there, like the peer learning element of revision. I think especially if you're living away at uni and you're living in halls or you're living in a flat with um, other students, either if they're physio students or not, it can be, I think it's really worth using people that you've got around you to help you. Um that reminded me when I've been like living away or even at home I've either got like my flatmate or my mum or someone like that to like test me like I'll give them my flashcards and be like ask me a question from this and 
um, to see if I can recall it and that kind of, yeah, I, I think it's really a good skill to Definitely. do peer learning. And as well, it, it helps them, especially if they're on the same course as you, you can kind of teach each other um, or like try and catch each other out, like just to see how much you do know. So I think that's a, a really important thing to remember. And it, I think as well, it makes like revision a bit more fun instead of you just sitting at your desk if you're with someone else it can be a bit more bearable and yeah, I think also in the real world oh sorry <laughs> um yeah in, in the real world you know you're going to need to explain to your patients why you're doing what you're doing or even to your supervisor you know whilst you're still learning so by, by being able to explain what you're doing to your housemates as part of your revision um i think it's a it's a really good skill to practice for for the future as well I think um, being a first year, I, I don't know if Emily, you felt the same, but where um, for me, I only go in once a week. So a lot of my anatomy learning at the beginning of the year was on Zoom and things like that. So one thing that I did is um, I actually decided to buy a skeleton, which was literally, um, I think it was like 90 pounds from, it's like a budget skeleton from Amazon. And what I decided to do was label it. And then I brought some wool and where like nerve roots were I'd um like put the wall it sounds really complicated but I literally use blue tack to like kind of show where the roots were or like show where the muscles are and I think people do that with like plasticine as well because just like what Laura said earlier about how she's more of an active person I think in this world I think as a first year I found it quite hard to just I don't know like um it's not all textbooks if you see what I'm trying to say so like just having a skeleton you can feel what the bones are like and get more of a feel for it if you know what I mean yeah I think it's definitely gets your head around it as well yeah yeah. anatomy is a really complex thing and I think that is a thing that a lot of students struggle with and I feel like because physio is like anatomy is like this link to the theory obviously I think students do put a lot of pressure on themselves to learn that um and yeah so I think it's important to know there's not just yeah like you said there's not just one way of going about it one other thing I know to begin with I got myself very stressed over anatomy yeah um, but what I tried to remind myself is that you know there's there's so many muscles and things you're never going to know them all but the important thing is I don't know say you've got a patient that's come in with an elbow issue then to go and look up the relevant like muscles and ligaments and things that could be affected rather than trying to sit at your desk and and learn like all the different muscles in the spine when you haven't seen a patient with a spine because I think by seeing a real life example as well if you can obviously on placement or whatever then it it really helps you to realize why the anatomy is really important and and then yeah yeah Yeah, I definitely agree I think because I know for me and Freya obviously learning anatomy pretty much start of our first year it's quite difficult to make those links when you're not as in person as what you'd like um so obviously like you said earlier I've I have a flatmate who I live with who's also a physio so we literally just go through and teach each other everything so just for our anatomy exam I taught her the arm all the arm muscles and she taught me all the muscles of the leg and foot so it's it, it definitely was good to have that sort of peer support and to bounce off each other and to learn from each other and then yeah that's what I'd say Definitely, and I think as well, like, learning is definitely, a, a, in terms of anatomy, it's definitely like a journey, and I said this in my first, I think it was either my first or second episode of the Student Physio cast, that, like, 
for the listeners not to get too hung up on anatomy because you ask your clinical educator on placement and they won't even know like they won't be able to tell you the origins and insertions and things like that definitely (laughs) like you need to know it to underpin your understanding but like I think Laura you said earlier your patient's not going to need to know like the ins and outs as long as you understand it kind of thing um so going back to like talking about like apps and websites that you'd recommend to help with your uh, revision so we've already mentioned a few already I want to quickly touch on one so this is a bit of a shout out but um to clinical physio I found them so helpful for revision I think sometimes at uni me anyway I don't always understand what they're teaching me straight away in the initial lecture it takes me a while to kind of understand it and lots of going back and forth and I feel like sometimes it's just nice to have like either a refresh from someone like obviously the staff at clinical physio and it's someone that you're not normally taught by and I think that can I I don't know what I know what I'm trying to say but I don't having someone different that I think different people explain things in different ways yeah that's exactly it and I think sometimes it's just quite refreshing and there's so many things that I've learned from clinical physio that I didn't initially understand at uni because they've just not putting my uni down but like they've can the way physio clinical physio have taught it has just been easier for me to understand personally uh, so I definitely recommend um, having a look on there. Um, does anyone have any other like um, yeah apps or websites that they'd recommend or webinars or anything? Um, there's a few good like YouTubers that I've watched before. I, I'm going to say his name wrong, but it's like um, Armando and his second name begins with a H, but I don't think I'll be able to pronounce it, but he's really, really good for sort of simple, quick summaries of different aspects. I know he does a lot of anatomy, but I've just started respiratory and neuro and he's also got some really good ones on there oh cool i haven't heard of him i'll have to have a look i know for me when i did msk physio tutors on youtube were like a lifesaver <laughs> their videos are yeah. so so good and they like demonstrate all the special tests so well um and they also like bring in evidence as well so um if you have like any exams that require you to like um talk about your clinical reasoning and stuff uh, they, they were so helpful and obviously because it's on youtube you can just keep watching it over and over until you understand it so that's yeah but there's definitely loads out there if you if you try but you don't always have to rely on a textbook or your own notes i i also um going back to like making flashcards and things um i know good notes has got a flashcard feature but um i personally use brainscape um, as they they've got this sort of inbuilt algorithm that tests you on flashcards that you've rated that you don't know quite so well more frequently. So I found that was really useful. Um, I also use Forest, um, which is an app that um, kind of locks you out of your phone. So you you plant a tree and then you grow the tree for like the half an hour or however long you set ah. your time for. And then if you exit the app, I to like text someone back or whatever, it, it kills your tree, and, and that's quite sad. <laughs> I love <laughs> yeah, that. App. So yeah, same forest. <laughs> um, what else do I use? I use Notion, more of an organisation thing. Going back to that, um, I use it a bit less than I did. Well, than I did to begin with, um, just because I found I like my physical planner a bit better. But that's another good like organisational um, app, I suppose. 
Um, but yeah, I definitely recommend Clinical Physio. They've, they've been absolutely brilliant. Their YouTube channel, as well as the, the webinars, um, I really enjoy. Yeah, I completely agree. Um, that just reminded me of like another kind of one, uh, like the forest one that you just mentioned. Um, I think it's called Study Plus or something. Um, it's just like an app and you basically put in like all the assignments or exams you have and the dates and then how long you want to study per week on each one. And then your pri- like you put them in order of priority and then it kind of comes up and tells you how much you need to do each day and then you like yeah when you start you click start on your phone and then it and then obviously when you stop you click stop and then it like I think it's quite nice to kind of see how much work you actually have done um I guess it's another way of feeling rewarded um by seeing how much work you've put on I mean if you've stuck to the time that they've suggested um yeah that's just another one uh, so moving on now to uh, written assignments, so essays, reports, uh, anything like that. Do you guys have any tips for like starting out right and writing these kind of uh, assessments? I think really just zoning on what you really have to do because in my first assignment, I don't think I sort of paid as much attention as I should have done to like the learning objectives and sort of the objectives that you just have to hit in order to meet the grade boundaries. So I think it's really just break it down at the start. Don't sort of rush into it because I was panicking, thinking, oh, I've got to get a reference here, a reference there. It's more just sort of break it down, plan sort of your intro, your sort of main points and then your conclusion, but just take it slowly. Don't just sort of go all gun blazing, just sort of really break it down. And then I think it just makes it so much easier. Um, I also create a like a reference table. So I've got like a separate Word document that I any sort of reference I ever find that I think could be relatable I put it in my table with the link and then if I find it's relatable nearer the time or as I get f- further on the essay then I can add it in but I haven't just sort of put it in at the beginning just because I think it'd be good oh that's a really good idea I think I saw someone on Twitter saying something about how they wish they did that or they like start a reference bank because then you've got all this useful information that you can you've kind of piled up over your degree yeah it's really helpful and I've obviously only just started using it really so I think also for referencing I personally use an app called Mendeley um there's a couple of others available I think um EndNote is a is another one but um um yeah Mendeley it's it's a referencing software tool so it comes with a plug-in like Chrome extension thing um which you find your article that you know you want to put into your essay and you press a little button and it generates a reference for you. Then it saves it into the, um, the app library um, and then you go into Microsoft Word and then there's another little like a plug-in and you press the button in Word and then it inserts your reference for you and then you press insert bibliography and then ta-da, you've got your like fully formatted reference list. <laughs> and oh, wow. that has saved my life so many times. <laughs> and wow. I, I love it. That is crazy. Laura, you're full of great apps. I wish I met you sooner. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, like, doing my undergrad dissertation, like, to begin with, I didn't know about Mendeley. Um, yeah. And then somebody suggested it to me, thankfully not too far into it, but it's, yeah, it, it keeps all of the references in one place, um, and it's amazing. Oh, cool. One that <laughs> I... app like that... Oh, sorry. No, you can go, it's fine. Um, another app like that, because um, my uni recommend and no but I really didn't get on with it um so I use um 
MyBib. It's really simple. It's the same thing, but it's just on Google. And you can create an account and it just saves all of your references and puts them in the list. It's really good. Oh, yeah, see, I, I'm not as like high tech as that. But um, I just use a website called Cite This For Me and you literally like select your referencing style. Yeah, make sure you get that right for your assignments because you can lose marks for doing the wrong referencing style. So make sure you check with your university which one they want. Um, so for example, my uni does Harvard. So I go on there, select Harvard, and then I select the type of um, thing that it is. Is it... Um, a journal is it a report is it a government legislation or is it a book and then you literally type in like um say if it's <clears throat> pardon say if it's a journal you just type in like the doi number thing or you can alternatively if you found it um the article online you can just copy and paste the um like link into the browser and it will make the reference for you uh, so that's another one or alternatively i learn i think at the end of last year i actually learned it from tiktok of all things um <clears throat> that um if you just if you find a paper on google scholar under like um you know like it says the title and then it gives you like a little brief summary before you click on it under there there's like um what they call like speech marks um, and if you click on that it will come up with the reference um, in all the different styles and then you just copy and paste whatever one um, suits you really um, oh yeah there's some there's some great um, stuff out there for doing references for sure but in terms of um, like going back to talking about how like tips for actually writing um, like you said Emily my advice would be to plan what you're going to write before you start writing and make sure you do start in enough time um, I mean I do some people do well under pressure but I personally don't um, I'd rather like slow and steady wins the race kind of thing um, I'd rather have lots of time um, so I think yeah being prepared um, and yeah plan um think about the points that you're going to make then like find the evidence that you can use that point always make sure you link back to the question um what else would i say oh i always get feed well i feel like i've improved on it this year but i used to get feedback for being too verbose <laughs> but verbose yeah that is a word um in my writing so just make sure don't be using too many howevers and conversely's and things like that <laughs> um yeah i think just planning is is key really for um written assignments and yeah the 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 module learning outcomes is literally like the breakdown of what you need to include so it's so important that you keep referring back to those and when you finish checking that you've actually answered them um i think peer um peer or proofreading is also really important me and my flatmate every assignment we have we always switch and get each other to read um each other's i'm personally really bad with my grammar like i I don't know how I've got this far, but I really don't understand when to use a comma. Um, <laughs> and I'll happily admit that. Um, it's definitely a weakness of my grammar. So it's really, um, I'm really grateful that my, my friend's really good at it. So she um, helps me with my grammar and then I read hers in return and give her some feedback. So I think, yeah, going back to the peer learning, like 
I definitely use it to your advantage at university. And I think also in terms of structuring any essay or assignment, um, like you've mentioned the module learning outcomes, um, but I also think like the mark mark criteria. Um, I don't know yeah. if you mean that means the same thing, but um, yeah, like the that's the really, rubric, really to, the, yeah, the rubric, yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, but like one thing that I was taught at school actually was um, any paragraph that you're writing was to use the acronym PEEL. Um, so that stands for point, evidence, um, explanation, and then link. So anytime you make a statement, and obviously you need to back it up and then reference correctly, but then it's really important not to just then sort of have that as a as a point and then move on to the next distinct topic. You know, you need to have a nice linking sentence, whether that's one of your lovely however's or <laughs> one of those. But, um, but not too yeah, many. To, to not too many, no, <laughs> definitely not. Oh, gosh. So now moving on to, um, I just thought of a quite a good one that we should briefly talk about is presentations. Uh, so I've mentioned this on my placement podcast, but um, sometimes at the end of a placement, you might be asked to do a presentation or alternatively for a university module, you might have to do a group presentation or um, an individual presentation. I've had to do um, quite a few of both actually. Um, so in terms of like tips for that i'd definitely say um make sure you have not too much information on the screen it kind of just needs to be like things that you can draw you can talk about so you can kind of like um what is it called like a pointer on the screen that you can um use to know what to talk about um make it really visual make sure you practice what you're going to say um i think a a thing with presentations is like obviously you don't want to come across overconfidence but I think people really struggle with nerves when they do a presentation but I think it's important to be confident in what you're talking about yeah does anyone else have any things they'd say about presentations so definitely agree with not having too much text on the slides otherwise your audience just switch off because they're reading not listening to what you're saying um but I thought I think another really key thing is that for some presentations you're allowed to have like note cards or um, some sort of prompts with you. Um, but ideally, you need to be at the point where you're you know you feel really confident with the material that you're presenting. So you don't need to be relying on those note cards because I've seen quite a few people that that stand there and just look at the cards and you know aren't looking up at the audience and trying to engage the audience. Um, and A, it makes them seem less confident, but actually if they then, you know, trip up or, or miss where they are in their particular sequence of cards, instead of sort of feeling confident, knowing what they're doing, um, it, it can sometimes not end particularly well. Um, so I think, yeah, rehearsal is, is key, feeling confident um, as much as you can, but, but pre- preparation, absolutely. Yeah, and that reminds me, I think, um, definitely don't be reading off anything, you need to know what you're going to talk about. Um because personally, for, I know people struggle with presentations, but if I watch a presentation and someone's reading off something, I, I don't think, oh, they're just nervous. I think, oh, they haven't prepared enough. Like, they just haven't rehearsed it, so they need to read off a bit of paper. Um, yeah, exactly. As bad as that may, may seem, because they may have rehearsed 100 times and they're just really nervous, um, it's probably quite an unfair comment that I said that, but that's just, um, I think, how it could come across. Um, and I think it's really important that you give eye contact to your audience because uh, again it shows you're confident and that you're really trying to engage them in what you're talking about. 
Um, do you guys have any tips for sort of online ones? Because I'm currently preparing a presentation, but obviously because of COVID, we're presenting it online. I was just wondering how you can sort of show those sort of non-verbal things without sort of physically being there. Yeah, that's such a good um, point, actually. Um, I've had to do... I've had to do two presentations online, um, not on my own, just individual ones. So obviously it's quite difficult because you've only got like one little snippet of you on the screen. But yeah, just like talk as if you're looking into your webcam, I'd say. Um, don't be looking around, like just be really engaged in, in like in your um, laptop or whatever. Um, and yeah, just make sure you're not reading off anything. So I guess the same thing applies. Just try and give that eye contact and that that try and give off that passion of what you're talking about through the camera. Um, Laura, yeah. Laura, would yeah. you have anything to add? Yeah, I'm. I'm going to go back on my previous point ever so slightly here. That I, I recently had a presentation with a Viva online. Um, and I actually split screen my split screened my laptop so that I had half of it Microsoft Teams, you know, with the my lecture on it, and then the other half was actually not a script but bullet point pointers. Um, so I, I think one of the really important things, actually, you know, presenting in real life as well, but is being really expressive with the tone of your voice. Um, I personally use my hands when I talk quite a lot. I know you guys can't see me doing it now, but um, <laughs> I, I think all of those sorts of things can really help but if, if you're yeah being really expressive with your voice and you're trying to engage your audience that way um it makes up for the the lack of physically being there okay amazing thank you <laughs> uh great um yeah that's such a good point i hadn't thought of and obviously really cut current with the with the situation that we're all in at the minute so now moving on to OSCEs or OSPEs, whatever you want to call them, um, practical exams for those that don't know. Um, and I think it's the exam most people dread, but I, I find them the most u well useful considering physio is like a practical, um, well, yeah, pretty much practical career. Um, so I know Frey, you've recently had your your um, practical exam. Have you got any like tips um, that you would want to share? Um, yeah, um, I think for me it was just um, looking like similar to what we've said for different things. I think it's just looking at the criteria and just making sure I understand. And I um, each week, me and a few of like um, the people on my course, we did like a Zoom, so we would um, just test each other on the things that we were going to be tested on. Um, and I think it's also just in my room, I would rehearse what I was going to say. So even small things like introducing yourself, asking for consent, I think those things are things that I think you could, especially maybe as a first year, you could probably easily fail on. So just being confident in your own skin and like with your intro, almost having like a prepped intro, I think that's, that really helped me because then it was one less thing that I had to worry about. And I think I remember asking you, you said to me something like, was it HSBC or something? Yeah, And I remember it. when I had my prep time, I wrote it down and I, you know, those things like washing your hands and checking for consent and checking the brakes, that all helped because I remembered those things. And I think when you're, you know, nervous and you're flustered, those things are things that you could easily fail on. 
Yeah, so like you said, Freya, I think, um, so I've had, um, yeah, I've had three slash four, they were, yeah, three, uh, yeah, <laughs> three or four practical exams, um, one, yeah, two in first year, two in second year, and we were always kind of told you're, so this is going to be me talking about my personal experience and what my uni personally told us, so to anyone listening, I don't know if this applies to every single university, um, but from my um, experience, um, my university kind of just said, your first year, we obviously want you to see that you can like do the practical exam, but we ultimately, the aim of it is to see that you, you are safe you can be safe um so that you can go out on placement into like working with real life patients uh so for for me in our first year the model in the exam was just one of our um peers in the class so we all had to take it in turns and um i actually can't really remember much about it because i really did block it out of my i've really blocked it out of my memory but um yeah it was trying to see that we were safe so yeah i was told by the year above us um the acronym that freya just mentioned so i'll just repeat it it is hsbc like the bank and that is what you need to keep reminding yourself um when you go in to make sure you are safe so it stands for hands so making sure when you go in that you um, either wash your hands or you like use alcohol gel and that your exa examiner does see it I think the tips that I was given from the year above me is just make everything really obvious and make sure they have seen you do it um, and then the S stands for shoes or socks so your patient should either be barefoot or they should have shoes on they should not have socks only because that is a fool's risk um, so you need to make sure um, that your patient is safe um, so you even need to tell them to make sure they're barefoot or put them to take their shoes on um, and they may try and trick you out and they may start them with their socks on um, so you need to watch out for that and you as I just said you might have to ask them to um, change what's on their feet and then B stands for breaks so before you get any get your patient on the bed or the plinth you really need to obviously make sure check that the brakes are on your bed um so i always used to just walk over and kind of give it a little nudge quite obviously in front of the examiner or and then i'd say like oh you can get on the bed now i've just checked the brakes are on so it's like really obvious um that you've done that and then c is consent so it's really important that you're explaining to your model what you're doing um checking they're happy with it um for example, if you're having to, I don't know, palpate their skin um, or anything like that, that you're like asking, are you happy for me to do this before you start? Never do anything, assuming the patient's happy with it um, if you haven't already explained and they haven't already agreed. Um, so it's really important, yeah, to ask for consent initially before you start and then throughout um, as well. Um, and then in in the second year for me the exams were a bit more um, slightly more advanced as you'd expect um, they asked us we had actors come in who were the models instead which was slightly more scary because you couldn't practice on the person that you were like had been assigned to um, you didn't know what you were get going to get you didn't know if you were going to get a petite um, middle-aged woman or you would get a six foot bodybuilder 
uh, you, you never you didn't know what you was gonna get so it's quite hard in terms of um, practicing for that and like practicing manual handling and things like that and then we were also asked in that exam to like talk about our um, I suppose clinical reasoning and like evidence as to evidence as to why what we did was better than other things and like if we could draw on any like research papers that we'd um, we could link into it and also the theory and um, we had to show that we could understand why we were doing what we were doing to the examiner um, so I guess that links in with a tip for ex like practical exams although it is a practical exam and you need to know what you're doing for your practicals it's really important that you also understand the theory that underpins it so you can you know why you're doing what you're doing really um, because yeah it will get to the point when you get further into your course or when you go on placement and you need to be able to clinically reason and also I would say another tip is that practice so I know it's a bit hard um, for the first years this year with the um, rules due to Covid but um, in general I'd say if possible depending on um, what happens in the future is to really practice with your peers as many times as you can um, arrange to like see when your practical labs are free and just try and use any kind of spare time you have to practice on each other practice on different people as well so you can get used to working with different body shapes and heights and things because it all challenges your challenge challenges your like positioning and your manual handling and all that kind of thing um me and my friends we at uni we're known as like the three musketeers because we're always together <laughs> and um we always like practice together for practical exams so working in a three actually worked quite nicely because we would make up our own like scenario questions and then one of us would be the patient one of us would be the examiner and one of us would be the physio student um and we'd like it pretty much always be role play and we'd just do the whole session, we'd time it as well, and then we'd give each other feedback, um, and that's how we'd kind of structure our revision session. So i definitely recommend that. Um, and yeah, it goes back to what um, Freya was saying about kind of practicing and rehearsing. You Like when you're doing that role play thing, practice it from the top, practice it as if you're walking in the room and you're washing your hands and you're introducing yourself, because sometimes I think, people forget to practice how to introduce themselves and then they get into the exam and they're like oh my gosh how do I even say my name like that sounds really silly but um I think because it's such like a sim, sim well simple thing it gets overlooked and then when you're nervous you don't know what to say um yes does anyone else have anything to add I agree and I think for any um exam like preparation is so key and I think one thing that I was really worried about, and it sounds so silly, but with the OSCEs and practical exams, you have nowhere to hide, so they could ask you anything. So like you said, it's knowing your anatomy that's relevant to what you're being asked. Yeah, definitely. And one other thing is um, that just reminded me, I think it's, if possible, try and see like, so for me, my practical exams were just in the labs that we... Um, like we normally had teaching sessions in and they kind of split it into like different sections and it was all laid out the day before with all the stuff um 
set up like the plinth the chair all the equipment that you could use if you wanted to during the exam where the examiner's table would be etc etc so i think it's really that really helped calm my nerves when i went and saw it the day before because then overnight you can kind of think about you can kind of process this the environment before you go in because also another like scary thing is is when you go in and you have no clue what to even expect or know where anything is so um yeah if possible and your uni allow you to do that then definitely take advantage of that i agree yeah that really helped yeah oh, one thing that i just want to add really quickly is that um at southampton we're quite lucky that um, for our skis we're given a case study a few weeks in advance it's not not the questions or anything but for example for my upcoming cardiorespiratory one i know that one of my patients has got bronchiectasis so that means that in the next few weeks you know i can go and look up what bronchiectasis is and and therefore you know what my patient might be presenting with when i'm actually in the exam and i think you know if you do know anything about you know the the patients or anything that you're, you're going to be seeing before you go in there it's about preparing like we were saying with the you know introducing yourselves but preparing some like key definitions that you know realistically you're going to have to bring in at, at some point um, and I think that when you're nervous and you're in the exam by having a few phrases like that prepared it, it can really help to, to calm your nerves when you you know you're, you're saying something that you've practiced over and over and, and you know that definition that you can then say it um, I think that's really helpful yeah just touching on the rehearsing I do completely agree with what everyone said in terms of like preparing and stuff but then also another point to bring up is that you don't want to over rehearse because you don't want to get in there and you're just because if you've over rehearsed and you've got something in your head that you're going to say and then I don't know the question's slightly different in the exam to how you expected and that will really throw you off so yeah it's definitely important to like practice things that you're you might want to say but don't get too like um what's the word like don't get too like don't over rehearse so that it it will affect you if something's slightly different in in the actual thing yeah that that's very true actually i think also like before practical exams it's just in, like especially the day before is to just not overwork yourself because me and my friend were like, oh, we have to cram everything in, we need to know everything, we need to know everything off by heart, like the day before our practical exam. And in theory, that just wasn't a good idea. Like we really should have just had time for ourselves, just relax because at the end of the day, you're not going to learn anything like amazingly new before the day before. So I think it's just, even though obviously you're rehearsing and you're revising as much as you can, you just really need to take that downtime because that will help clear your mind for the next day. Yeah, that's very true. And it also reminded me of um, another point. So I, we used to like have one, one practical room was like the exam room and one practical room was the room where you got ready and like waited to go in. And I used to absolutely hate going in there too early because everyone would just scare me and what they're talking about. Um, like I hated knowing the questions that people have gone before me had like I'd rather just go in there and deal with it when I'm there because if someone tells me oh this came up for me and if I don't know it that would just stress me out so much and then in there I'll get a completely different question and it will be fine and not even that like I think I'm not saying like students lie and stuff but I do think sometimes people can exaggerate things and 
yeah I just say try not to let your peers put you off like really try and stay in the zone and focused like in my first year practical exam I remember going into the room and this guy was like oh my gosh dermatones came up for me blah blah like you need to know the dermatones I'll teach you them right now and I hadn't learnt them and obviously I was thinking oh my gosh I'm not going to know anything in this exam all the stuff's going to that's going to come up is stuff we haven't been taught and that they would have expected us to learn it like as self um directed study and I haven't like I, I didn't never went over that um and so automatically that like put me in panic mode and then when I went in like I didn't get that and literally for the rest of the day no one no one even had that question um so yeah I just say try and yeah try and stay in the zone and don't let others put you off I think just read the question when you're in there as well like I know that sounds condescending and, and silly but like you said earlier you know if you if you're thinking that the question could be x and then you know you actually get y but then you answer it as if you if as if it was x then um yeah that that's that's not good and you're not going to get your marks so I think yeah read, reading the question taking your time over it yeah and another thing is sometimes they um like give you a bit of pen and paper so really like take the time to actually make a couple of notes before you start like don't feel the pressure to just get up and go straight away because when you're nervous you might forget something so initially just sitting down at the table and like making some quick notes can like act as a bit of guidance um throughout yeah so um for for the listeners thank you so much for listening and thank you guys for being a great guest speakers you have influenced me to go and download loads of apps and buy loads of new products um so thank you for that um and just to summarize i think the main point to kind of take away is just really find what works for you in terms of making notes and revising and in terms of assessments and assignments preparation is really the key and just doing your best so thank you so much for listening and please look out on the student physio cast on twitter instagram and facebook for the latest updates